Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Today, man, I don't know, DJ Jazzy Jeff, I don't know, my goodness, there's so many amazing uh, DJs, pioneers that have been doing it. Um, my next guest, though, has taken a very different spin on it. Um, he's kind of blended with the marketing, the branding, and then what we like to call value content, meaning he's really came out and educated about not only the culture, but also the really tactile, you know, specific stuff when it comes to DJing. Um, my man, DJ TLM, as he is called on the web, Google him, you will find him. He's an Amsterdam-born DJ and producer. DJ TLM has been rocking crowds at clubs, festivals, corporate private events for over 25 years. The open format DJ, he's an open format DJ, and constantly I hear him say in his videos, he's a freestyle DJ. He does not get specific lists ready for his events, but he's got something in mind he wants to play. DJ TLM is also well-known for performing as a tour DJ. You can frequently catch him live on stage with Dutch platinum-selling hip-hop artist Brainpower. They have done over 3,500 shows in the last 20 years and still perform regularly. On the international side, DJ TLM is sharing the knowledge through his educational channel, DJ TLM TV, and currently has a global following of 141,000 now subscribers on YouTube and almost 13 million plus views. DJ TLM TV is the number one source for DJ tips and tricks, reviews, Q&As, interactive scratch sessions, vlogs, and high-quality tutorials for beginners and professional. He also offers free beats and scratch tools for his viewers to use at home and in the club. I will let him plug himself away at the end of this podcast, but man, welcome to the show! Glad to be here, man. I appreciate you inviting me on the yeah. show. So thank you, yeah. man. I appreciate that. So first off, I want to ask you. I, I noticed <laughs> I've been I've been looking at some of your your vlogs and stuff like that. How do you balance all this content creation with still being a, a family man, a father? How how do you balance it all? And I think this is a little bit of a selfish question on my part because I, we just had our two year old <laughs> son. So you know, I'm an entrepreneur wow. too, and. You know, as soon as as soon as he was born, and I I don't want to sound like cliche, but man, like it changed everything, and it 100%. went it went from you know I want to hustle and you know I want my my my, my penthouse <laughs> downtown and my cars to like, no nah, man, I just want to take walks in the park and and play like Boss Baby on Netflix or something. How do you balance? It is. So first of all, it's all true. That's all true. It sounds cliche, but. That's what happens, though. That's what happens once kids come into the picture. I mean, probably not for everyone. For me, that was definitely the case, that um, it changed my perspective and priorities. Uh, when it comes to balancing, it's it's ups and downs, I guess. I mean, uh, sometimes I have to spend more time on the work. Sometimes I'll spend some more time on the family. Mm. And you kind of have to, um, <laughs> I should have put it, you kind of checking the boundaries sometimes. Like sometimes I'll have like close to a week where I'll hardly be home. Yeah. And hopefully by then I'll realize like, okay, now I have to make sure <laughs> I spend a little more time at home. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, if you got good communication going on, wifey will let me know. Like that's what's up. Where you at? <laughs> where you at? Yeah. But no, overall it's, it's going pretty well. Look, the thing for me is um, the work that I do now allows me to, 
create my own schedule. Mm, mm. So that's a big difference. Like if I was doing like a nine to five and videos on the side and the family life, I, I try to make it work, but that would be crazy. Absolutely. But seeing that I have control, I can take I can take my kids to school in the morning. Mm. After that, I have hours to do work or work out, do different things. Um, and then if I have the kids in the afternoon, mm. I'll be with them and then I'll have time when they go to bed. But otherwise, um, I'll find like uh, a babysitter. We got moms in the area. So <laughs> if if needed, yeah. then I'll make that happen. So, I mean, I'm blessed that we're in that situation. I know you have a lot of parents out there that don't have like the extra help. Yeah, that will make it more difficult. So in our case, we do have that help around. Mm. So that's definitely a plus. So Absolutely. when I see I have a lot of things I want to do, I'll hit that Google again uh, agenda and uh, the calendar, and I'll fill in a couple of dates for grandmas. Yeah, and and make that work. <laughs> so, okay, you started. I mean, if we go back 25 years. Was DJing just a passion for you that, you know, you didn't think about making any money from it? You just love music. You love to spin and kind of, you know, in your bedroom, dreaming of that first controller you could afford to buy or, or, the, or, the, or, the, or the turntables. Like how, yeah. how did DJ come onto your, to your map? And was there any specific like song or, or event that you actually went to that you're like, oh man, this is, this is it. Like, this is it for me. I think, I mean, for me, it definitely started just out of pure uh love and curiosity yeah and it was like that for years and years i mean monetizing anything was the furthest thing from my mind Interesting. that's not why i was interested i think one of the first things i mean hip-hop was my introduction to dj that's just 100 mm. mm. how how i got introduced i think one of the first things that we saw here not the first thing but i remember when rocksteady crew came out with the hey you single Mm. And I think that came out in like 83 and that made it all the way to here mm. to the Netherlands. Mm. I think it was actually number one. So when I saw that video and you had like all the <laughs> Rock City B-Boys in there, that's like, yo, what's this? <laughs> what is this? I, I needed to know what that was like immediately. I felt everything about that, the whole vibe, the look, the style. Um, so I mean, shortly after that, I was to like break dancing in front of our house. Wow. And so that I just caught the bug right there and just like like doing graffiti on paper, not on the street, but on paper, uh, tagging, stuff like that. Um, and back in the days, we had like the stereo at home used to include a turntable. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, like the big stereo. Yeah, system yeah, 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 yeah. So we had a turntable in the house and I had my own little set in my room that also had a turntable. And I don't even remember how old I was, but at a certain point, I found a way to connect those two. <laughs> so I yeah. could hear both at the same time. Yeah. And uh, that was basically it for me. Then I knew I, this is what I want to do. I want to pursue. And I didn't get my first DJ set until I was like, I don't know, 15 or something. Mm. But I was drumming before that time. Okay. Okay. So the, 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 the feel for rhythm came from that. And I was trying to apply that to anything I could do with the vinyl as well. So I think Rock City Crew is one of the first things I really remember. And after that, like hip hop was the thing for me. And I picked DJing as the main thing 
I think for you, like one thing about you and DJ and the way you talk about it, because you talk a lot, you do a lot of tutorials on counting music and things like that and beat matching and all yeah. that. And you get you get into the I mean, you do some good tutorials that are like for somebody that's beginner coming in. And then you also go like more on the advanced side of things. But yeah. when you you are like a science, like you are you became like a, a, a doctor of DJing, like you go <laughs> and you like you the way you talk about it is, though, man, you went to school for years and years. You read those textbooks. You know every anatomy about DJing, and when I look at your YouTube channel, and I see all these questions coming in, I mean, you got questions that are very basic all the way to very detailed. A lot of people, though, what yeah. I find really interesting about you, and I'm sure you'll 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 agree, is that a lot of the questions you're getting now on your YouTube channel, they are about DJing, but I feel like people are are becoming more fascinated about you and the brand and kind of the whole spin you put on this because. You created the share the knowledge, which I, it, to me, like I Googled, man, I wanted to see, could I come up with another name that is doing some stuff similar to you with the DJ? Yeah. You'll get some DJs out there for sure that are branding, maybe educational, oh, yeah. got some webinars, but you're going to a completely different zone. So how does yeah. somebody like you, like I'm a marketer, so I, I mean, people are saying buzzwords like influencer and content marketing and, you know, social yeah, selling yeah. and, you know, all these things. And they're all good things. But you've been doing this way before that even came on. So what about, what was the shift for you where you're DJing, DJing, and you said, <coughs> I'm going to make a brand out of this and actually become like a thought leader. You're, you're a leader in the space, not even because you're just the DJ anymore, but now you're starting to become, you're the expert on how to DJ. When did that turn and what idea, like where did you get that idea from? Well, funny thing is, none of that was planned. Of course not. <laughs> None of it. No. Same yeah. way I got into DJing, like I found this and this is something that caught my eye and that more than caught my attention. I fell in love with it. DJing. I, I only had a couple of loves as a kid and basically it was basketball and DJing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. That, that was like it for me. That was, I was, first I was basketball. This is play basketball every day, all day. Rain, snow, didn't matter. I was outside with the ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not a big sport over here. Yeah. And at a certain age, DJing came into the picture. So at a certain point, I had to decide, like, okay, I'm doing school basketball and DJing. It's not really working together all that well. Had to make a choice. In my case, I chose DJing. But I never studied, like, when it comes to DJing, no one ever taught me. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm a self-taught DJ. Yeah. I didn't have, like, a mentor. I have a lot of people approaching me, like, can you be my mentor? First time I heard that, that sounded like alien language to me. Like, <laughs> because I never had that. I never yeah. had anyone teach me. Yeah. Like I said, I started out drumming and yeah. that gave me like a major advantage. So I already understood all about uh, the structure of music yeah. without even being familiar with the terminology. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you. When I made the beats, bars, and phrases video about counting music, that's a couple of years ago. It's one of my... Uh, most viewed videos, one videos that gets like the most comments from people telling me like, yo, I've been trying to find out how to count music. You're the first one who's explaining it in a way that I can understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wasn't talking about beats, bars, and phrases maybe like a couple of weeks before I made that video. Interesting. Yeah. Because it was all inside. <laughs> I knew... <laughs> I felt it. I knew how to mix. I knew when to start a mix because it came naturally to me. Of course. I understood what the one was, but I was never talking about the one 
bringing it in on the one uh, phrases. I'd never used the term phrase like before I made that video. Correct. But I wanted to make sure that I was going to explain it to people well. So I had to research myself. I knew about beats and bars because I was also into uh, uh, recording stuff. Uh, but phrases was a new one for me. Yeah. But um, I taught myself. And basically, I know, and I'm very realistic, there's a lot of things I don't know. I always try to be very honest about that mm. when I shoot my video. Yeah. I only yep. speak about the things I know. And when someone asks me a question and I don't know, I'll just let them know, like, I can't answer that for you. And luckily, I'm turning my uh, the little community around the YouTube channel into a positive community uh, where other people can chime in and answer. help out. Yeah. But that's that's your question about the brand. Um, for me, the YouTube channel was basically, uh, um, I found appreciation that I wasn't finding in my direct surroundings. Mm. I've been DJing years mm. and especially over here when it came to the type of DJ that I am, we were starting to get less and less attention. Like D itself or thing anymore people were all branding the parties around a certain concept that concept did not include the name of the dj so that was becoming less and less important mm. i was one of the djs here still into turntablism and rocking clubs mm. but you wasn't really feeling the appreciation but i was also posting videos online to promote myself uh that was on my old channel dj tlm and a lot of the comments were coming from outside of the netherlands ah yeah when I first started the TLM TV channel and I started to do videos there, I just found like this appreciation from all over the globe. It was like, yo, these people actually like what I have to offer. This is great. Same way if you're DJing in a club and you get a good reaction from the crowd that gives you the energy. I was getting that type of vibe from people commenting on the videos. So that was for me the first real reason to stick to doing it. Well, your, now, biggest, your, saw, your biggest market is the United States, right? I mean, that's where a lot of your yeah. eyeballs are coming from. It's, US is like 50%. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. So you, it's fascinating to me because I look at it and I'm like, I can tell when you're doing your videos, I'm like, I, 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 like, I know you probably like going out and DJing, doing the actual act, but you're super passionate about the content creation and talking about DJing. And it's yeah. my so I guess my question and not to interject, but are you would you say you're more passionate? Like if you were to pick between content creation around DJing and actually going out now and physically DJing, it, like I, I'm curious. And it's so funny. <laughs> and that's a good because I look on your YouTube channel and I don't know that anybody's ever asked you that because I, I just see this. I look at it from a different perspective because I'm a business person through and through. But I look at yeah. it and I'm like, I wonder if he likes he, you love the idea of DJing, and you, you're, you're a practical DJ. Like, you can already do that. But now, the whole different spin is, like, you can tell you found a new love for DJing because you're coming at it oh, from yeah. a completely different perspective. So, 100%. if you had to pick, or could you do that, or is that something you think about at all? All right. <laughs> if, the, if, if the choice is content creation or being a DJ professionally doing gigs... Mm. I would probably pick content creation. Okay. If we're talking about choosing between content creation yeah. or 
ever being allowed to touch turntables again. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I gotta go with the turntables. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes I actually say this on the podcast as well, like especially the way things are now. So yeah. the current situation for my type of DJ here, with the current music that's the most popular, which is music that I'm only partially feeling. There's not that many gigs that I actually like doing, and uh, the longer that I'm in the game. I need to do gigs that I actually totally enjoy. Yeah. At, at a certain point, I started to do a couple of gigs and I wasn't enjoying myself and that scared me. I was like, wait a minute, this is like my number one passion. I love DJing, but now I'm doing a gig and I'm not feeling it. Uh, if I if I continue to go down that path, oh, yeah. I'll lose my love for DJing. Uh, I don't want that to happen. But more importantly, the feedback that I've been receiving especially over the uh, over the years with the channel I've got more gratification from that mm. than I've ever than I've ever received from any party that I rock once you get that first email from a person and the person tells you like look I was introduced to DJing through your videos oh, I yeah. learned everything by watching your tutorials yesterday I did my first gig it went great and it's all thanks to you oh. once you receive one of those messages yeah that was it for me. I was like, wow, if I can like add value like that to someone's life, to me, that's like building a way more important legacy than rocking a party where, I mean, people will love it. They'll show love, but it's not the same type of, of appreciation. So that, that opened my eyes like, wait, I'm not currently feeling DJing here that much. And I can't really control that because mm. I can't control the market. I can't control what's hot right now. Mm. I can't control what I do with my content creation. Mm. The more videos I make, the more uh, my all my content gets boosted. I've seen that over the years. Every of course, the comments go up and I control that. So it's like, wait a minute. I found a way that I can use my passion for DJing, but not just by doing gigs, but by actually doing something else and being able to help way more people. Absolutely. And I have full control. The more I do it, the more hopefully I can grow as well. And up until now, that's definitely been working. Now, I've not been completely stupid. I mean, I know a little bit about what would be smarter to do when it comes to uh, branding and marketing. So, for instance, that's that, that's why all my videos are in English. Yeah. Because I'm in Holland. I could I could have done the videos in Dutch. Yeah. That would limit my market to basically two and a half countries. Yeah. Small countries. So, of course, from the start, I wanted to make sure that I could reach as many people as I could, and that's why the U.S. is like uh, they got fifty percent. Well, it's funny. It's funny because viewers. I came on your video. And I think I had my wife even watch one of your videos and I said, this guy sounds like he's from Brooklyn. And when I actually, <laughs> I think, I think it took about two videos and then I'm like, I think it was a vlog and I'm like, is he on vacation in Amsterdam? Yeah. <laughs> that don't look like Brooklyn. And I'm, I'm based in Canada and I'm like, where yeah. is this guy? I'm like, and I'm like, oh, he's based in, he's based in Amsterdam. So I feel like this is amazing because you've transcended via the internet, via YouTube, social media, and created a market that you don't even live in, which is, am which, which is amazing. Now, how did you, at what point, because I, I find this fascinating. So DJ, like I look at you and you're a great DJ, but you made DJ like the byproduct. I, I think the, the meat and potatoes, 
how did you learn how to video edit? How did you, you know, learn how algorithms work in terms of YouTube? YouTube has changed a lot year after year, you know? All of a sudden, I mean, man, yeah. even the whole pay thing and whatnot, like they've, you know, it's, it's, it's a very different game. How did you go from basically a marketer, well, DJ, to an actual full-blown marketer, digital marketer, you know, content creator, copywriter, video producer, <laughs> video editor, <Yeah. laughs> the talent... The DJ, yeah. like, how do you do it all? And it's hilarious because I see you, you show the one video of your basement, so you got your little station set up, like you're a broadcast yeah. network. And, you know, you're showing your back where you got all your vinyl and everything, and then you got your corner where the computer is. And so I'm like, this guy's yeah. got his... I just think your, your family must laugh sometimes because you got your own little world happening in your basement. Well, um, so there's been different different, um, different studios, mm. Uh we used to live in a different house and like basically upstairs in the house was where I had all my equipment. So that's where I shot my videos. Yep. And after that, in the new house, I was like recording in the living room. So every time <laughs> I had to record, I had to like move furniture, oh, set up lights yeah. and all of that. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm finally in a situation where I actually have like a small, like super small studio outside of the house. Oh, good for you. Okay. So that allows me to have my equipment just set up. Yeah. Because I had to break down and set up every time. So that drove me absolutely crazy. Um, but I make sure that I take full advantage of the space. So this space is like, I'm, I'm in it right now. It's a small room, but I've set it up in a way that I can use like the different walls and settings to turn this into like yeah. four, five, six, whatever different rooms. Um, but basically when it comes to everything that I'm doing right now, I had to teach myself how to do all of that. And to me, that's one of the great things about the internet and especially when it comes to YouTube, when it comes to stuff like video editing and creating my own intros using After Effects, everything I'm doing, I taught myself by watching YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. So I needed to learn how to work, work with Premiere, look for YouTube videos. And that also just let me see even more like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm using this to find out everything same way I can help people that could be looking for the strangest type of topic related to DJing, they're going to look on YouTube as well. Mm. And at the time that I started, I was actually just curious to see, that's back um, in 2011 when I started the second channel. Mm. I was just curious to see like how much content is there when it comes to DJing. I was expecting the U.S. to be like the main place where content will be coming from. Yeah, yeah. And... Came, uh, I found out like there was almost no US content. The main people doing it were all from the UK and there weren't that many. Yeah. You have like uh Ella Skins, the DJ tutor. Yeah. He's <laughs> been he's been doing that since like 2007. Yeah. Still doing it. Uh you had DJ Angelo. That was like my main inspiration for trying to create quality videos. Okay, interesting. And uh, also UK and then you had, uh, I think it's Emma from School of Scratch, also UK. But I was like, wait a minute. I don't see that much content when this is the place where people go to look for, for, for the answers. This is like the video search engine. People are coming from all over. And so I just started. And I just started in a simple way, simple camera, uh, simple editing software. Mm. Every time I learn new stuff, look for tutorials. How, how can I improve my lighting? Um, and we're lucky enough that we're living in an era that all of these things became cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. yeah. So you could actually afford some, some lights. You yeah. can have a softbox in your house. <laughs> and it's not that expensive yeah. anymore. Yeah. So 
But I had to teach all of that, just learn it by myself. But I've always been that way. I'm, I'd rather be a practitioner and actually find out how things work. That also when I do uh, let someone else do the work, I actually know how it's supposed to be done. And I can be the judge to make sure that it's being done <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Like if you don't know how it works and you let someone else do it, you don't know if they're doing it well. And it's been like that since back in the days. I was creating my own flyers for parties. They didn't look that great, but it made sure I made sure that I learned how to use Photoshop, yeah. learned how to use all of the software. And you, if you want to maintain, you got to stay up to date. I can make a million videos, but if I'm not trying to research and find out um, how things change yeah. and how to improve, same like now with the algorithm with YouTube, I'm getting messages from people that have been subscribed for three years, and they're contacting me like, "Hey, man." Um, you haven't dropped a video in a long time. I'm like, wait, I, I, I dropped eight in the last like four or five weeks. That's not that many, but in the last couple of months, I dropped 20 or more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So somehow they're missing me, even though they're subscribed. So Interesting. now you got to see how you can change that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just uh, just out of necessity, just teach yourself how to do it. Now and you can do it now. With the YouTube channel... Because a lot of people would say, okay, you're a content creator. How do you make money? You know, and and yeah, off YouTube, you can do the advertising route. But I mean, when you're getting this many views as you are, and then you're getting the subscribers, I mean, you must be like, it's you got to be generating other business opportunities because of the amount of audience that you're getting. And that's the way I would see you monetizing from it. That's it. Because uh, you can monetize with YouTube, with like the Google AdSense. Sure. But especially if you look at my... If you look at my views, my views aren't that great. I'm still like in a niche market. Uh, DJ tutorial is not going to get the same type of views as a music video. Yeah. So um, that's like just a small amount, but it is you do earn some money every month. Yeah. But I was also seeing like, wait a minute, you got way smaller channels making like a lot of money. Yeah. With activities outside of the uh, the normal AdSense. So I haven't even totally uh well how should i put it there's a lot of things that i'm working on yeah that will help me to grow that part as well Good like um other ways that i will make more money but the great thing about the channel and about all the content i've been creating is at a certain point certain brands started to notice me and those are all brands within the uh dj sphere yeah yeah and I produce content for a lot of different brands. So I tell my viewers sometimes, like I make like at least 10 videos a month that you don't get to see yes. on my channel. Yes. So for instance, DJ City, I've been working for and with DJ City for a couple of years now. I make a couple of videos per month for them. Yeah. I work with Al Algorithm. They produce the DJ software called DJ. Yeah. Um, I basically do a couple of um, uh, like educational yep. video series for them. Same as my own educational videos. It's called Ask the DJ, and you yeah. can watch it on, on their uh, platform. Yeah. I mean, brands are figuring out they have to offer their customers some more value. Of course. So of course. they found a couple of people to actually create content for their site. Uh, I'm also creating for an online DJ course website. Every month I make a couple of videos with tips for them. Yeah. So all of those brands, and none of them are Dutch. Yeah. So got DJs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. DJ City from the U.S., yeah. uh, the DJ Courses is U.S., 
and algorithm is a, a german brand so they are neighbors yeah. but they all approached me because they found my content uh, yeah. and they wanted me to produce what i do for them so for me that's a perfect perfect way that i'm now making money because i can do the same thing i'm doing for my own channel i can be me produce content the way i produce it yeah. and of course, that is also one of the reasons why I actually chose to spend way more attention on creating content instead of trying to find a few extra gigs in a DJ scene that's currently not not what I prefer. I'd rather save that and just play the gigs I love to play. And it's, it's going to be less gigs than before, but now I get to still play the gigs I want to play and still earn my money through DJing, but in a different way by using the knowledge to create content for other brands. And like, like I said, I, I have more that I'm working on, but I think long-term. So I'm not trying to rush mm. anything because I already have enough on my plate. Yeah. Um, well, you're at you're, scale. You're, you're, you're doing it at scale. I mean, think about how much more you can do rather than packing up your equipment and going to a gig. I mean, you can do it all from there. That's amazing. What do you yeah. think about, what's your opinion on DJing in terms of, you know, somebody wanting to get into DJing in present day? You know, now, do you think it's like, even if we go and I, I know you talk about weddings a lot and I think weddings have to be one of the toughest gigs to, to DJ on the planet, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. what do you say to somebody who's trying to get into DJing and says, I want to do this for a living. I want to make a living out of this. Do you think it's hard? Do you think you have to do a little bit like DJ TLM where you got to come out of the gate and take a different approach to it? Really come out on the forefront, mm -hmm. produce some content or... Do you just say, yo, man, I want to be a mobile DJ. I got my equipment, got my gear. I want to keep it simple. You know, I think it all depends on what kind of DJ you want to be. Because, like, for instance, I don't know when it comes to mobile DJs how flooded that market is. Maybe there's plenty of space still. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've, I've, I've never been in that market. Yeah. Um, but for me, I do know, like, creating content the way I do is not going to help you to get DJ gigs. Like with all the videos I produced, all the views that has, uh, all the views that were raised by that, uh, not a single call for me to come out and DJ. Mm. That's that's not the type of content that's going to get you DJ gigs. I saw DJ Fong Fong from France. He posted a he had a video up on Facebook. Like he's like super crazy turntablist. He had a video on there that had like eight million views. And it still didn't get him a gig. That's basically what he posted. <laughs> yeah. And that's because it's a video of him doing the craziest scratches. I love the video. Like uh, as yeah. a scratch nerd, scratch geek is perfect, but that's not going to get you gigs. Me on, on screen explaining how you can get a gig might be an interesting video, but it's not going to get me a gig. Yeah. Um, so I still try to, um, I try to give and, and make sure that the values the core values of DJing are still being spread. I try mm. to spread that word, that gospel, but I do know for a fact that the whole landscape has changed. Mm. Like the way we started, where you wanted to become a DJ, you just had to learn the skill, practice, become better. Then of course you start to network and try to get your name out there. You make mixtapes, actual cassettes, yeah, yeah, pass, yeah, them yeah. Around, yeah. Yeah. pass them around, pass them around, try to get, uh, get your name out there. It is different now. You have people out there that can have like just great social media 
and have like a couple of hundred thousand followers. And if they say, hey, I'm a DJ, there's going to be clubs and promoters that'll book them for the club because they know they have a following. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes sometimes you see the memes online where you see DJs back in the days and then you see like guys sweating with crates, DJs now, and then you see a guy like curling a barbell <laughs> and, a, and a girl doing her makeup. I mean, it's not all the way the truth, but partially it is. Yeah. I mean, there's millions of DJs. A lot of the most popular DJs now aren't even DJs. They're actually producers. Yeah. And because their music becomes popular, they can get booked. So it's, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways, but it all depends on what kind of DJ you want to be. If you want to be one of the big EDM DJs, you need to learn how to make music or you need to start teaming up with producers that can produce the music for you because just being a skilled DJ that's not going to get you like the major festival gigs. That's yeah, not going to work. Yeah. So th th there's a lot of different ways to go. So for instance, if you're here right now in the Netherlands and you're into hip hop, hip hop, cool. You can practice and promote yourself. There's just not a lot of hip hop gigs with your type of music. Yeah. So th it's really hard to like um, have one standard type of advice for that. So that's for me. And for me, it's not why I started. You have people now that start and they want to be a DJ because they want to be on that big stage or they want to make a lot of money. Uh, for me, it's still hard to relate to that because that was never the way that I got into yeah, this. Yeah, I couldn't I could care less if I never play in a club again, but I have a set at home. I'll still have my fun. But for somebody else who starts with a different motivation, uh, that's going to be totally different. But you, you can you become a big DJ, but uh, I don't know if there's like one set way to do it. Of course. And yeah, like when it comes to and like when it comes to weddings, that's why I mentioned it in a couple of videos. I never do weddings unless it's the booking where people tell me in advance, like we like the way you play. <laughs> Yeah. play like that at our wedding yeah if yeah. that's the case if that's the case then i'm game but if it's like a traditional wedding i don't know if i could be like a mobile dj or wedding dj i have a lot of respect for those people because that's not an easy gig no that's definitely an easy gig so and and it's hard work as well it's a lot harder work than a dj walking into a club with oh, yeah, absolutely maybe backpack or just a flash drive and headphones and just play a couple of hits for that crowd uh, that's a different ball game, but if you do it right, there's definitely a lot of money to be made there as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the wedding DJ, yeah. you're taking a cradle to grave, man. You're doing the booking, you're doing the music <laughs> selection, you're setting yeah. up, you're you're leaving at the two a three a.m. and then you're you know it's it's a different ball game. So for 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 you, what is your goal? Like, what is the goal for the DJ TLM? What do you what do you see yourself? In, in some respects, you're still in a market all by yourself, which is a nice place to be. And even if somebody's trying to come in and, you know, which I think there's room. I think there's room for many oh, to yeah. come in. I think there's oh, abundance. Yeah. But yeah. I look at it and your biggest market is the U.S. because it's crazy to me. Like, you've heard, have you heard of the radio show Breakfast Club that's based in New York? Of course. Yeah. So, so you got all these, you know, Charlemagne the God and DJ Envy and all these guys. So people are nocturnal about talking about DJ and DJ. But it's crazy to me how nobody's came out really and said, here's how to do it in a very tutorial-esque kind of way. Then up yeah. comes you and I'm like, who's this guy? And then I'm like, <laughs> he's not even in Brooklyn. He's in Amsterdam. So are you yeah. are you in your mind and your soul? Are you a Brooklyn, New York guy that said my parents got together and <laughs> they had me in Amsterdam? Because 
do you feel like um like you got to be a different type of dude in amsterdam too like you got a whole different swagger there so because i mean i've seen dutch people uh, before too like you're 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 funky guy man uh, like, well i mean <laughs> you have a lot of people like me over here mm. uh I'm not saying personality wise, but but we are definitely here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. We we are well represented, especially Amsterdam. Like Amsterdam is a very diverse, multicultural city. I've heard that. We have a lot of ethnicities over here. A lot of people from everywhere. A lot of crazy like mixes over here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All types Everything. of mixes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think like my vibe. I was definitely influenced by a lot of hip hop. Yeah, hip hop is like that. That's in my core. And even though I also listen to a lot of uh, uh, West Coast hip hop, I think like East Coast hip hop was probably what got me first. Interesting. Like that. Yeah. That yeah. got me the got me the most. So a lot of my like my whole way of speaking when it comes to speaking uh, English or American, uh, that comes from movies and music. Hundred percent. Yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people from the Netherlands that watch my videos and don't even realize that I'm from the Netherlands until they see a certain video. Yeah. And then they're like, wait a minute, you live here still? They're still talking to me in English. And then when I reply, <laughs> I reply in Dutch and they freak out. They have no <laughs> idea. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Yeah. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, I've been very lucky. Like you said, that the market is still wide open because over the years, I've definitely had some ups and downs where I produced a lot less content. Mm -hmm. And if this market was more flooded, that could have been a downfall. If there were like, if there was like a lot of competition mm. and I would have been slacking for a while, uh, yeah, that, that, that could have cost me everything. Mm. So I was lucky that there basically was no competition. I mean, every now and then you have DJs that try it and then they find out that it's actually not that easy. Just besides the whole thing that you have to produce and edit the whole thing, but also being able to explain. And mm. I didn't really know that I had it in me to do that. Mm. I found that out while I was doing it because I chose an approach. And basically my whole approach behind shooting the videos is I always imagine that I'm talking to people who have no knowledge yet. Mm. Because that's the mistake that a lot of people make when they do a tutorial. And you got DJs coming out, and they start to explain, and they're like, "All right, so you know, you're saying I grab this, and uh, all right, yeah. you, know, you know what it, yeah. you know what it is." And I'm like, "No, they don't know what it is. That's why they're watching a tutorial. Mm. They don't know yet. So you can't speak to people as if they already know because they don't yeah. know." I'm kind of laid back, and I chose to be myself, totally myself. Especially when it comes to YouTube, you have a lot of people that might talk like I'm talking right now, and as soon as they hit record, "Hey guys, what's going on?" <laughs> The whole energy changes. Yeah. The whole yeah. energy changes. Yeah. You're like, whoa. And I mean, kids love it. My kid, I mean, he watches a lot of YouTube. He only watches American channels. He doesn't watch any Dutch. He doesn't like the language. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But I can see how they gravitate towards that energy. But I just chose to be myself because in the long run, that's going to be the easiest thing to maintain. I don't have to put up a front. Yeah. I can just speak the way I speak. And also, I don't ever have to worry about doing anything or saying anything now and next time saying something different because I'm just being me. Mm. I'll be honest. I'll keep it like 100%. So that's why I always, I've had bad gigs and I made videos about I had a bad gig. Mm. And I saw that people like really appreciated that because yes. a lot of people use social media 
as like their highlight reel. Yes. Like if we're talking about you were talking about Breakfast Club, I know Charlemagne uses that line all the time. Like they use the Instagram as like the highlight reel of yep. their life. Yeah. Only trying to show the, the 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 glamour and the pretty side. And a lot of DJs when you talk to them will tell you like a lot of this is not pretty at all. Like it's a lot of hard work, especially the guys traveling all over. That's not dope at all. No. I mean it looks great like they're getting on jets and whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Those guys are wrecked because it's yeah. tiring. Yeah. But I I chose to just totally keep it authentic and be myself. That way I'll never have to think about if I'm doing anything different because I get to be me every time. That what makes it it makes it a lot easier for me to continue to do this. And my vibe might be different every now and then because I'm feeling a different way. Or if I choose to change my stance on something. Mm. I can do that as well. Mm. If I have a new insight that tells me like, hey, I used to feel like that. Now I feel like this. Mm. Uh, and I'll tell people that as well. But for me, when it comes to goals, I have a lot of things I want to do when it comes to like turning this even more into a business. Yeah. I have things I have things that I am um, working on. Mm. But like my number one goal for now, like... I'm already happy with the things that are that are going on. I'm creating a type of legacy that's really like great for me. Yeah. I know that that a lot of people will remember me as adding some real value to their life. Oh, huge, I think huge. I think that's that's just a great feeling. And I see it in my with my kids as well, especially when I'm with my oldest and that's when we're walking here. It's not that I get approached a lot here for the channel. But I can see like every time we walk into, we run into someone mm. and they look at my boy like, your dad is one of the best DJs around. But you <laughs> see the look in your kid's eyes like, oh, wow, we, they like that. Yeah. But like one of my main goals now is I want to make sure or I would like to be the go to guy for all the DJ brands so that they all know like, hey, if we want to get something new out there, that's the guy we need to talk to. Interesting. Yeah. I like to be, uh, I think that's a position I'd like to have. Also because I'm a gadget freak. Yeah. So I just like all sorts of new things. Uh, and that was hard in the beginning as well because I wanted to create a lot of content. But I live in the Netherlands and I would have to approach local, uh, not local brands, but a lot of brands wouldn't have an office here. They yeah. would just have a distributor. Yeah. That distributor would mostly be just some type of audio store and when you approach them they're gonna look at what's your status here in the country of course of course small country they got small budgets and i would not be the most interesting figure for them to work with because most of the time they're gonna look at like the top 40 list to see who's a hot artist not even dj but artist so i wasn't really on their radar so that was a bit tricky for a time mm. but now i'm getting the recognition from the brands themselves yeah that's the best so kind of that's the best kind of marketing though man that's yeah. your, your sales funnel you're having inbound leads come in you know so for me, that's that, a major improvement you have two i mean if you want to call and try to pitch somebody it's going to be a lot different than when somebody calls you and says hey i want to do business i mean you want that all that's easy that's the inbound that's great but that's yeah. where your content is is superseding everything that's why i wonder i'm like i wonder if he's aware of how big of a splash he's making like i was well, I've interviewed some people, like I've interviewed some people, even even this podcast. Yeah. I own a digital marketing company. My bread and butter is the automotive industry. So I do a lot of marketing for dealers, ships and manufacturers. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, I do some TV stuff, but I, 
you know, I'll, I'll go and speak at a lot of conferences and this and that. And, you know, but I said, I want to, you know, do I want a YouTube channel where I, I really, you know, our whole mandate is curiosity. We've had yeah. guests on like, you know, the Nike Air Jordan lead designer, Jason Maiden that worked under Tinkerbell. And, that, you know, I got him on in my first like literally that was a stretch because I'm like, this guy's not going <laughs> to respond. You know, this was in the, in the first few a little bit. And I sent a video and then you go through the PR. But, you know, I said, I want to create the podcast because I really want to try to find people who are doing very exceptional things. Now, some people do reach out to me and say, hey, Ryan, like, I'd love to come on your show. And then other people like in my just normal, I look for everyday life, whatever I'm doing in my everyday life. That's where a lot of the magic comes. And as you said, social media is used as a highlight reel. Everybody shows the flower. They don't show the mud. I like to see the mud. I want to I want to know the mud because the mud is the is the base. So yeah. when I come across your content, I'm like, I, and I, man, I, I'm telling you, every time I would type in something for DJing, because I, I, I used to DJ heavy, heavy, uh, about eight to 10 years ago, and I, mm-hmm. I got this itch back, and yeah. I don't know, and then all of a sudden, I mean, eight to 10 years ago is completely different, so now there's all these controllers, so I'm like, what controller should I get? And then, you know, <laughs> that uh, DDJSB3, I think it's the Jazzy Jeff one that he's got the- uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think you talked about it and you you even started doing some crazy stuff and you're like, technically it can be done on it, you know, but I, you like your turntables, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm getting back into it. I'm not doing the turntable route. I'm going the controller route. So now every yeah. time I type in something, I'm like, you come up and you're the only one coming up. I'm like, so I'm like, okay, let's, let's talk about, I don't know, some headphones. You come up. And I'm like, who's this guy? And I click on your name and I'm like, holy. And I just was fascinated that I said, first of all, you took such a different approach to it. But as I started watching your videos, like, so I just kind of clicked on some of your older ones and then kind of came to new. I said, I, he's really enjoying this content creation. He's really start. You can see in your video that you're, you're DJing two, two types of DJs I've ever met. There's one type, two types, in my opinion, one very technical. They will, uh-huh. you know, you did it wrong and now you're off and, and then the second type, pure entertainer, but not necessarily yeah. really good with the technical. But to find a DJ that has both, they're probably yeah. a celebrity DJ making a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that to me, to find the technical and the entertainer all in one, yeah. because you know some DJs, you talk to them. They, yeah. If you talk about DJing, they're fine. But to try to have a conversation with them, they're all about their music. They they right. stay, they stay right. behind that turntable. They, you know, yeah. a lot of them don't even want to get on the mic. They just want to no. play their beats. So yeah. to find a DJ that's like, oh, hey, bro, how's it going? Like, that's, oh, you're different. You got that's some. That's the thing also. Yeah, that because I remember, like, there's there's a lot of DJs that have skills. There's a lot of DJs that could have uh, more skills than me in certain areas. But they might not work behind the camera or in front ah. of the camera, I should say. Yeah. And. You do have some people online that when I started to search also like back in the days that did have a certain talent for explaining. But it was pretty clear to me, like, who are you? Then I started to look, do you have mixtapes or videos where you're DJing? And mm. I couldn't find it. So you have someone explaining, but there's no real extra credibility. Ah, uh, yeah. And I think in my case, I make sure you can find my material online as well. You can find videos of me DJing. You can find plenty yeah. of mixtapes. So that way people could also like tell like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Like DJs have been in the game longer. They just recognize because I, I'll, I'll talk about a lot of things that 
resonate with them because they're like, okay, you know what you're talking about because I've been doing it for 25 plus years. So I'm just speaking my experience, but that's going to resonate with them. But for newer people who haven't had that experience, they can see like, oh, damn, this this, this guy really does it. So so it's going to add. So you're not just authentic by being you, but you also have a certain credibility because you can actually just not just uh, talk the talk, but you can walk as well. So that helps out. And I don't know. I think my background helps as well. I think the fact that I'm not from the U.S. Yep. Gives it a slightly different feel because I know I have an accent that's going to be related to something NY or that area, but it's not exactly. So people can ask if, if you listen for a while, you're going to tell like it is slightly different. But what is it? Mm. You also have DJs or people here in Europe making videos and they might explain well, but they'll have like a heavy British or heavy yeah. German accent. Yeah. And for some people, that's going to be annoying. Yeah. They're like, they hear someone talking and they're explaining about the vinyl and they have like an accent. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute, what, what's going on? So some people don't like that. So I think all of those things play a part. Yeah, man. Why, 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 why it does have an appeal. And also my audience is not that young. Yeah. Like, that's the funny thing. I, my audience goes all the way up to people in their 60s. I believe that. I believe that. I, I believe that. I have people who started DJing, like, in the 70s, and now, like, 30-plus years later, they're getting back into it. Like you said, they start mm. to look on YouTube, look for information, and then they hear me talk, and they can relate because they hear that it's someone who actually knows what he's talking about. Mm. You're, I can tell that, though, because I'm, I, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm, I'm 34, but my wife is 38, but even when me and her talk about, we even talk about back in the club days when we go and dance. Even for me, I'm at the age group now where I'm like, I don't know if this is even music, man. Like, where's the bass line, you know? And and the whole, you know, mumble rap thing going on. And I'm like, man, where's my old school Tupac, my Nas, my Rock Kim? Like, just yeah. you'd go in, you'd hear a beat in the club and it didn't matter what happened. You're like, whoa, let's finish that conversation later. And it just was nocturnal. And a lot of DJ, a lot of DJs now, you get into the beat and you're just feeling it, and then they, boom, to the next song. I'm like, whoa, what? I just started dancing to the song. Just don't, yeah. you know, don't go too crazy, yeah. man. Don't make something good. But no, it's it's a combination like of, of that as well. I okay. mean, I'm 43. Yeah. So, I've I've been around a long time. I have an appreciation for. Uh, there's definitely a lot of new music out that I like. Mm. But I found out pretty quickly that a lot of times the new songs I like aren't particularly the songs that are hot in the club right now. Of course, now. of course. Uh, I do like some of the songs that come mm. out that are hits. There is an age factor where you feel that you have less of a connection with the content. Mm. I wasn't even thinking about that when I was young and I was going out. But now, yeah, I mean, the skill has taken a backseat to a lot of other things. Of course. So if the skill is gone and the content is less relatable, uh, it loses a bit of its appeal to me. So I'm definitely not one of those old heads. And you got plenty of those that of are course. like, <laughs> none, of, none of the new stuff is good. Not there's plenty of great stuff out right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I still will always gravitate more towards like artists that still uh, um, show like a higher level of skill. 
I don't mind if someone has some. I, I love a lot of the new production. I like if they add a lot of melody to it. I'm perfectly fine with that. But I want to hear someone spit as well. Mm, mm. That, that, that's that's still important to me. So do you feel so? I mean, you're a very smart guy. I mean, you you've really you're self aware. Like when you come up with content, what is just for the the audience listening? Because every you know the majority of our audience, lots of business, lifestyle, fashion, loves music. But if yeah. somebody's trying to take their YouTube game up, even myself, and I'm a marketer, and I do it for other clients, but my uh-huh. own YouTube channel, sometimes there was a couple, like two times in the last few years, I'm like, that's it. I'm taking my YouTube channel seriously. It just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's, it's something, hard. It's I, hard. It, it, you know, and I, I, I have so much content. You know, I, I've succeeded really well in the social media. My blog is great. The podcast is amazing. So I've found kind yeah. of this area where I'm like, yo, I can be consistent with that. It's growing. This is uh-huh. good. YouTube is yeah. a behemoth. And I'm like, Ryan, like you got like that's one you got to put in your toolbox. But yeah. man, it, sometimes you throw up a video. You're like, this is amazing. 10 mm-hmm. views, 15 views. And then, and then you know, you, yeah. you you push it out to try to advertise like a you know a, 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 a you know just a pre roll or something, and you're like, okay, yeah. I got some views on it, but I paid for that, so that didn't really you uh-huh. know it's not organic. Um, yeah. What do you say to somebody that's like coming to YouTube, and you know maybe maybe they've already figured out their niche? What is some some just tips you would say to to get started? And kind of keep going to try to see some sort of momentum. I know a lot of people who've been on YouTube for a minute have said, yo, it's it's tougher now. Like, I'm not going to lie. When I got into it, the algorithm was definitely in our favor. They're trying to crush, you know, some certain things. So what would you say to somebody? Is it I, I won't use the words too late because I don't think it's ever too late for anything. No, it's not. It's but, not. But would it's you say not. the bar to enter is a lot higher? No. I mean, the simplest thing is just to get started. Yeah, because the first thing is you have to taste, you have to taste, you have to become that practitioner and see if this is actually something you want to do. Because if you're just thinking about it, I mean, you can have the most <laughs> wonderful thoughts in your head. And I mean, I still, I still hear a lot of people talk about making videos in a way like, yeah, so I'm gonna try and produce viral content. That's not the way it works. <laughs> yeah. You don't produce viral content. You make content, and something could go viral. But they're thinking way too much. Uh, in a formula fashion. Now, of course, once you start making videos, your analytics can tell you certain things. Of course. So I know I know which videos will work best for my channel. Mm. I can clearly see the videos that have way more views than like the average video I produce. Like all the normal videos I make where I'm just answering questions, they get views, but it's nothing compared to review videos and especially tutorial videos. Now, do you find do you, do you find your your inner self though when you come up and you say I'm going to do a video, I call it those vanity metrics. Do you find that your ego says, "Man, I know which kind of videos are going to get more." Like, have you have you found it difficult because let's say you want to do a video and you're like, "Listen, this is a very niche video. I know it's uh-huh. probably not going to get this, the amount of views that this video got." But I got to do this video because it's going to provide value. Or have you ever 100%. kind of, have you ever messed, like, have you ever found yourself kind of, not selling out, but selling out to the video where you're like, I really love getting those views, though. Like, has it ever messed with some of your, you know, just your content, your content palette, we could call. I, I, I'm in a beautiful, <laughs> posi- I'm in a beautiful position right here because <laughs> if I produce the content that gets way more views, I'm actually producing content that still provides a lot of value. Of course. So 
that's the great thing. The 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 main issue for me is the content that gets way more views when it comes to my content takes a lot more work to make. Mm. Making a video mm. where I'm just explaining something is pretty easy. I can just turn the camera on, make sure my mic is on, talk. Afterwards, uh, I might have to edit a little bit, but it's not gonna be that much work. When it comes to tutorials, I really have to plan more. I have to really produce that in advance, make sure when I'm shooting that I'm actually explaining everything the right way, that mm. I get all the shots I need, and then I have to edit all that. Mm. And that's why I didn't produce the amount that I should. Now, I know for a fact that I have to start making more of those videos because they're just going to help the entire channel. Of course. And I pull people in with those videos. Once they see those videos, they check out my channel. And then they find all my other content. I have over 400 videos on the channel. And I know a lot of those Q&A videos are going to also provide uh, a value to them. Mm. But they're just not searching for those videos. They're mm. just looking for a big tutorial, scratch tutorial. So that's basically my uh, uh, gateway to get them to experience the channel yeah, and to find course. out like, oh, wait, he's also talking about this. He's talking about how long I can play a song, uh, yeah. how I should, you know, so you're going to find, they're going to find the content through that one video, but it's just a lot harder to make those. I currently have at least seven to eight videos that I've shot. They're going to be pretty cool videos that I still need to edit. And I've had those videos laying around for over two months at least. Mm. In the meantime, I've been producing other content, but I'm trying to find for myself, I'm trying to find the perfect, um, the perfect uh, balance between creating the content that will be viewed by a lot more people, not even because of the views, but because their videos I like to make. I have uh, one, two, three. I currently have like four different devices here <laughs> that I'm gonna be shooting uh, new reviews for Yeah. because a lot of times people are actually asking me. So even if you can find six, seven, eight different channels that have done a review of a certain controller. They want yours. They want. They your still opinion. want to hear what I have to say yeah. about it. Yeah. So that puts me in a beautiful position, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm flattered by it because I know that I'm going to give my honest opinion. So that's I don't called. Have to a, that's buy. called. A, that's called authority, man. That's what. That's yeah, what that's your. What con that's what your content yeah. creation provides you. How yeah. many? So okay, I, I like to try to know the nitty gritties because how important? Yeah, yeah. How important is your environment? That you're shooting your videos in in terms of workflow in terms of uh inspiration how important is that for you because you said you know earlier you said man i was shooting in my living room i had to move some couches around i know probably by the time you moved it you got set up maybe a little bit of your motivation was like geez i just i wanted to shoot this video i'm not <laughs> feeling it like i was before i had to lift up the sofa but like uh, like or or is it no in, not really like for you though, is it something inside you where you're like, no, you're you're a beast, you hustle, you're like, I'm gonna get this done. Like, is that is it how much is character and how much is your setup? Because a lot of people that are creators and they do produce videos, a lot of them have said, look, there's some I got I kind of have a little bit of a mantra when it comes to my content creation. I wanna make mm. sure my studio's nice, I wanna make sure that I got my certain things on the wall. Even like I call this my I am enough wall. If I ever start self-doubting, there's certain things on there that yeah, mean, yeah. mean the world to me. I've had listeners Word. that make me like nice plaques and my football playing days. So there's things there yeah. that as soon as I come and before I talk to a guest and I look at the wall, I listen to my one song that I love. It's on. It's over. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're in that mind zone. Yeah. For you, are you the same way or for you, is your motivation completely different? 
Yeah, I'm not. It's it's different for me. I uh, I didn't mind setting up all the equipment. The only thing that bothered me about it is it was taking away from time I could be uh, spending on producing more content. Yeah. So for me, the great thing about having a setup here is not the fact that I have everything in the same position because I change things around here all the time, but just that it saves me time to start producing. Mm -hmm. Now, my, my main motivation is, is simply receiving the questions. Uh -huh. So the Q&A video, videos are the easiest to make, but they're also like, I get the most, uh -huh. uh, I, the, the questions come in on a daily. My, my IG, like every day, the DM is filled with questions, the comments section on YouTube. So I see questions every day. So there's always something to create. Like if I want to shoot a video now, I can look at that for two, two seconds and I'll find a topic that I can talk about. Uh, but here's the thing, when it comes to the content, I really do want to shift the focus more. That's why I want to make sure that I'm the guy that all the brands are looking to. Mm. So I'm going to be able to create all of the content that I want to create because I want to talk about all the new gear. I want that to be more of the main content on the site. Ah. And and I already have a, a, a system in place to make sure that they're also going to get my Q&A. So every week I record a podcast. Yeah, uh, That's audio, but I'll have the camera on. And from every week's episode, I can take one, two, or even three, or if they're that exciting, four questions, chop those videos and put them on the channel as well. So I always have content, but in the meantime, I have to start focusing on making more of the other content, mm. not just because views, views are cool, but because I really want to. It excites me to be able to put down a controller, start to test it, play around with it, talk about it. Uh, and now I'm finally in a position where it's gonna be easier for me to um, have connects at brands and just say like, hey, you got the new this or that out. Uh, I want to do a video. <laughs> oh, we're sending it over right now. Yeah. So now, so gradually over the years, and I wasn't even thinking about that, but when I started, but by just creating content and oh, yeah. building that library, yeah. uh, I've now created a position where, yes, I've turned into uh, an authority mm. and also hopefully a go-to guy for brands. And that's still, that's still a process, an ongoing process because there's a lot of brands out there mm -hmm. and certain a certain branch when I approach them, they haven't heard of me before, but I'm not even approaching them for deals or whatever. I'm just approaching them now just to make sure that they're aware of my existence. Mm, smart though, smart. That That's all. So I use Instagram, say you sent me a video. Yeah. I'm telling people now like, like the DMs on Instagram are one of the best ways to reach out to people. So I'll approach a lot of brands. Do you, send, vid do you send video messages to them? No, currently it's text, but for certain ones, if I just want to see if I can get their attention, I'm going to also send them a video, but currently it's just text. And basically all I'm saying is, hey guys, how you doing? I'm just reaching out to introduce myself. Uh, I'm a content creator. I create educational content for DJs. Mm. I'll just tell them the subscriber number, not mm. because it matters that much to me, but because I know to brands, it will leave more of an, a mark if they see that number. And I'll tell them uh, like, uh, I would gladly like cover some of your mm. products and that's it. And some will reach out straight away. Like, Hey, we like what you're doing. We've been watching you. You're like, Oh, Hey, that's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. Other, others won't respond. And I'll just send that. I send them another message a month later and do that a couple of times. And over time, hopefully they'll discover my content and see that I'm just not just adding value to that DJ community, but I could also add value to 
their brand as well. Um, for me, that's like a perfect position to be able to just mm. talk about the stuff I love to talk about. Mm. Also make that my, my, like one of my main sources of income because I still DJ and I am still the tour DJ for Brainpower. We've been touring together for 20 years now. Jeez. And he's he's still doing shows. So I always have yeah, my yeah. gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and they're always fun to do. But just to be able to diversify, and that's the era mm. we're living in now, where you can take your one, like, knowledge, your one skill, the, your passion, and use it in so many different ways. I already have planned out what I'm going to do years from now. When I get tired of, like, creating content or actually going to gig, that's when I probably open up the lines and I can start just uh, teaching DJing on Skype from my home. Good for you. I have people requesting that right I have people requesting that right now. Yeah. But I found that right now, my heart's not there. Mm. I want to spend time on all of the other stuff. Good but if, if I ever get tired of that, you know, and that's the beauty. You can do that now. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I know, I know older DJs that used to DJ. And at a certain point, yeah, the clubs weren't really their thing anymore. And now they're stuck and they have to... Now, after maybe 10 years of DJing, 15 years of DJing, they have to start applying for a job somewhere. And I know how hard that is because if you look at my resume mm. from where I've worked, that resume is non-existent. Because <laughs> I've, I've been doing this forever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I feel very blessed that I can do all of these things. And like I said, there's still a lot of things that I have uh, that I have like. Yeah, planned yeah. out but I, it, I have it's in the lab of, you're in the lab yeah yeah because I've, I've learned over the years don't talk about stuff until you're actually already doing it i've, I've made that mistake in the past like i plan to do this yeah, or it's, that it's i it's, don't do that anymore how are you with linkedin because you talk about trying to get brand deals and stuff are you do you take linkedin quite seriously like i know i connected with you but you, are you that active on it no, I'm not that active. That, I have connected. That would be I have the one with a couple of brands there as well. That'd be the yeah. one tip I would give you. LinkedIn, LinkedIn yeah. video. Yeah. It's powerful, man. There's some messages. There's no. no DJ. I can't even think of a DJ that even remotely uploaded any kind of material on LinkedIn. Wanna hear a funny thing? I didn't even uh because you're talking about DJs actually or people actually creating content specifically for LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Like on, if, yeah. You, if you look on if you look in my activity on my LinkedIn account, I got a I got an interview with a with a lady from Dubai. And it's got that interview alone on LinkedIn's got 48,000 views. Just That's a right. little just a little snippet. And yeah. even myself I was like LinkedIn video. I'm telling you, man, and yeah. make sure when you do LinkedIn video, you put hashtag LinkedIn video when you're posting because LinkedIn mm. is aggressively looking for their top LinkedIn video producers and content producers. And there's a lot of perks that can come with that. You I already, saw you already have all those today. videos. Yeah. For the first time today, I saw, um, I think it was through my email, um, some guy with, I think, a video course, but it was on LinkedIn. I was like, like with LinkedIn videos. I was yeah. like, hey, wait a minute. He's posting, this is, this is like all LinkedIn itself. It's not like embedded content. No. So it's funny. It's no. funny that you mentioned this now. You're the second thing today. Oh, yeah. Second person. You upload. You so, upload yeah. it native to the platform. And that's yeah. LinkedIn is powerful, especially for the brand deals. Because we, we do a lot of, of deals both on the brand side and the influencer side. And LinkedIn has uh-huh. became just a massive hit. Even these guys here, 
I'm going to get they're yeah. they're going to sponsor. This is Sure. You've heard of Sure, the microphone yeah. company. This this oh, micro. Yeah, I got uh, I got yeah. Sure stuff by you. Yeah. So Sure went to the Instagram, then figured out who I was talking to, went to LinkedIn, uh, sent them yeah. the video, and I I took the video on the microphone. So I'm like, yeah. come on, <laughs> you know, but and it's so funny because if you if you want a true story, how I even came across this microphone was I noticed the Breakfast Club used these, the Shure yeah. SM7B, and Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on this microphone, the exact same model. Oh, he used that one as well. He, he cool. used this one to record Thriller. So it's funny because people are like, why did you choose that microphone? I'm like, I just see it on the Breakfast Club when I started. And they're not an entry yeah. level mic. Like they're, I mean, you can, this is a great, like, top, top end mic, right? But yeah, I look yeah, at that, yeah. but you, you should, you should really look into LinkedIn. I think that could help you out. Yeah. Check. And that's the thing. That's, that's, it's good that you tell me. And like I said, I saw a video today. Yeah. But that's also, that's also one of the things people need to realize. Also DJs that's, that, that have been in the game a little bit longer. You have to constantly try to educate yourself and stay up to date because yeah. especially when it comes to online, a couple of years ago, LinkedIn was not the platform for that. No. But now it no. has evolved into that. But I'm, I'm always trying to stay at least up to date. Mm. I mean, being ahead is a totally different thing. But like with new stuff going on, even as far as I've been trying to school myself on how I can create Alexa skills to make sure mm. that I have stuff on there as well when Smart it comes to DJ audio. Content. That's but, audio play. You know, yeah. That's, that's, but, but, doing all of the things you still like if we're going back to like time management and work-life balance it is hard to of course do what you do and at the same time educate yourself on other things but if you want to uh um get ahead if you your goals are beyond your current status then you have to put that work in well it's like uh, you said about linkedin though it's like you said about linkedin you said back in the day linkedin wasn't meant for that See, when people say those kinds of statements to me, I always say, why not? It's it's amazing. Think about every innovation that's happened in the world. Could you imagine some guys like, listen, that little thing we call a plane now can fly in the air. No, mm-hmm. Imagine what people told that person. They're like, hell no. <laughs> now we call that an airplane, right? LinkedIn, yeah. I feel like LinkedIn, it has definitely changed a lot. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't post, you know, it's only work. And now people who are being yeah. rewarded are starting to show more of their the, the, their full self. Even my social media, you know, I like to show a little bit of my family. I like to show a yeah. little bit of my work because that's me. That's who I am. And like you said about the authenticity, that, that to me goes back hugely. Alexa, you bring up, I think it's very important. So for you, you now have a podcast. You have yeah. the YouTube channel. A lot of yeah. people will pick one or the other because they say, I just can't keep up. I pick yeah. the podcasting route because it's a passive way to take in information, meaning... You don't have to mm-hmm. watch on your phone or your computer my content. You can take it in while you're working out. You can take it in on the car ride, whatever. Now, yeah. that being said, a lot of people who have a YouTube channel are just taking their audio, putting it over into the podcast and rep- and repurposing it. Have you noticed, or is it too early to tell, have you noticed that your podcast has had a positive effect on your whole content or is YouTube still completely crushing that or is it too early to tell well i i think it's it's, it's a little bit too early to tell but i can't tell uh like like the podcast hasn't taken off like that yet i mean a lot of my youtube viewers even though i post podcast clips yeah with, with like links that they can check out the full podcast i see that a lot of youtube audience still stays on uh, youtube yeah 
native, um, native to the platform. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll just stay there. They like the house, um, <laughs> but 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 that'll change. I'm that's why I don't spend too much time just looking at like analytics. Of I course. mean, you can try to use the information to see if there's something you could tweak. But a lot of people will get discouraged when they see see like numbers. So if I see numbers, I post my podcast uh, on different platforms. So I have it on SoundCloud and through Anchor. I make sure that it's also distributed so it's on iTunes, Google Play, mm, Stitcher, mm. Uh, uh, Spotify, all of them. Uh, but it's not like I'm getting big numbers, not at all. Mm. Like if you looking at the numbers and you see like, okay, last week's episode had a couple of hundred here and a couple of hundred there. So combined is like whatever, 500. Yeah. You could be like, damn, I, I, my, my, my video, if I upload it'll have 500 in the first half hour. <laughs> like, yeah, wait, yeah. But, yeah. So that could be like a, a major discouragement, like telling me like, no, nah, I shouldn't do this. But I know I want to make sure that I have this going already. I don't care if it continues like that with, uh, with the amount of plays for the next six months. I'm going to continue to do that. Every yeah. now and then I'm going to try something to boost it a little bit. But sure. I'm getting messages on IG, especially from people who do listen to the podcast to the and podcast. they'll let me know, look, yo, really appreciate the podcast. So even those couple of messages are enough for me to know I'll continue to do that. And I use it now still as like a piece of pillar content that I take smaller pieces from Smart. for YouTube. And I even have to get better with that because I still have to uh, take like even smaller clips for Instagram to also try to get people to go check out the entire podcast. So there's still a lot of work to be done, um, but but I, I'm definitely not discouraged. I like doing it. And, so, so you're a husband, yeah. a father, I mean, everything. Is there been any ways that you automate any of your process? Do you automate any of your content in terms of scheduling or? No. So you're just good old fashioned hard work. <laughs> And yeah. keep, keep uploading and editing and exporting and rendering. Just old. Yeah, yeah okay. Wow. At some point, I want to try uh, to... Especially like with um, like normal Q&A videos that don't take a lot of hard editing. I'm going to try to outsource that at a certain point. Okay. Just shoot an entire podcast episode with video. Send it out. Let people chop it up into separate videos. So that will be done by someone else yeah um but right now it's, it's it's still just me and partially also because i am pretty picky i i know how i like content to be dj tlm's a control freak doesn't want to delegate <laughs> you know <laughs> not to a certain degree like yeah. like with the q a's there's not that much that can go can go wrong with a q a video but like tutorials and stuff like that oh, yeah. i would only do that if it's someone who actually knows something about what I'm doing. Mm. Same with like a DJ performance video. You don't want to send a DJ performance video just to a normal video editor mm. because they're going to approach it from their visual standpoint. Mm. And they probably ignore the audio, which is important if you're doing a DJ performance and they might mess up your routine. Mm. So, and it's the same thing with a tutorial, but I might find someone at a certain point, hopefully. Mm. Uh, and, if things go better, I'll hire someone to do that. It'll mm. cost me, but it's going to be worth it because I'm going to give back a lot of time. That time is way more valuable to me. So absolutely. Now, when you, yeah. I, I just, I, I kind of have a funny question. So when you and your wife go out and you're in a social setting, and somebody says, "What do you do for a living?" I just, I want. How do you answer this question? 
Because you do, you know what I mean? It's very technical. You can't just say you're a DJ anymore. Like, how do you answer this question? What do you do for a living? Well, the first thing is, I will say I'm a DJ and a producer. Mm. But I'll say I'm a DJ and I produce educational content. Mm. Okay. That is like the basic answer. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times that's going to catch people like, oh, really? And they want to hear more. Of course. And then I can let them know, yeah, I produce a lot of video content. The aspect of business. And you can see that it gets a different reaction than especially if you go back a couple of years and you would tell them you're a DJ. I've, I've had that question asked so many times, like in the past. And if you tell them like you're a DJ, their next question, their follow up is like, yeah, okay, but what do you do for a living? Yeah. What's your real job? <laughs> you know, like, like, I've had that so many times. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you do for a living? I'm a DJ. Yeah. Okay. But what's your real job? Like, yeah. no, this, this is what I do. But now with the content, it's playing a bigger role. So now that's definitely part of my answer. Like I create educational yeah. content. Um, and that takes a, the conversation to a different level as well because if you just say i'm a dj they're like it always oh yeah that's what you do like yeah (laughs) not exactly fair fair enough man i got i got a little rapid fire for you uh best era of uh music 80s or 90s oh snap i'm 90s okay uh tupac tupac or biggie biggie um Favorite sneaker that you don't own that you'd like to own? Oh, wow! I have a wow. feeling, I have a feeling you like sneakers for some reason, or or, you know you, or you're into it a bit. I used to be into it. That was before kids. <laughs> you're like that money has to be allocated somewhere else. <laughs> your kids, your kids want the sneaker now. Oh man! Since my kids, I hardly bought myself uh, like any any gear at all. I used to be way more into sneakers. I'm, I mean, I, I used to have like a good connection uh, uh, with Nike as well. Oh good! So yeah. I was I was able to like like get more stuff. But that was, that was back but, in the day. But days. give me a sneaker that you have. Like, what's your what what do you what's your daily what's your daily driver for shoe? I think this is important. Normally, it's gonna be my uh, what we call Air Max One. That's the Air Max yeah, yeah. eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah, seven. Um, for a long time, it used to be Air Force Ones as well, oh, but I, I, they're a little bit too clunky for me now. So, Air Max One. That's 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 been my go-to shoe for a long time. But a couple of months ago, we came back from Orlando. Um, the day we came back that night, I hit my toe. <laughs> on, on like metal pole hard and I couldn't wear like basically any shoe without my toe oh. taking like a beating from the side because it was like the little yeah. toe on the yeah. outside yeah, so yeah. every time I put on I was like close to dying yeah. so currently like a month and a half two months ago currently I'm only wearing two pairs of sneakers and one is uh, like a modern hybrid Air Max one that's made out of a mesh material that is super soft mm. because they feel comfortable and the other one is like uh, um, it's also a, a special version of a Hirachi uh, it's also made out of different material I have mm. no idea if that's gonna show oh, on cam but oh yo those are fresh 
Yeah, I mean, see, I, you you got to speak. <laughs> you still getting some gear somewhere. <laughs> I like that I, one. I, I bought these. I, I have one special one that I did buy also when I was on vacation. That was like the only time I bought some for myself. Uh, no, it's, it's out of frame. It's in the back. But that's the um, the Puma TR-808 edition. Puma What's made that. You had that one yellow. I think in one of your videos, you had a yellow sneaker or something like that on your vinyl. You put up different sneakers or something, right? On your vinyl wall when you did it? Yeah. 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 So I think that's how um, I figure out your sneaker. You like sneakers. The yellow one was uh, just a custom custom sneaker. Yeah. Um, but I used to, I used to be. I mean, I like sneakers. I love sneakers. But I did like switch my priorities a bit. I'm of definitely course. not a sneaker head. I never was. I never collected everything. I bought went straight on my feet. Yeah. Like, I, but I have to admit, I still do have a couple of my favorite pairs that I have an extra pair that's never been worn that I can pull out in a couple of years. <laughs> 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 A, uh, a little for I the have, stash. I was in the stash. Oh, so, oh, yeah, so, oh, yeah. so on your, because I mean, I, when I think of a DJ, I mean, I, I do think of you know a lot of hip hop culture. I mean, I don't see a lot yeah. of DJs wearing a tie and dress shirt. You know, like they're, you know, they're wearing functional clothing, funky. You know, yeah. I don't know, soulful hip hop style. I mean, it's different yeah. now. Crop pants, you know, ripped pants. I don't know what the style is over in Amsterdam, but. Right now here, awesome. the, the more bummish, yeah. <laughs> the more bummish you look, it means your clothes are more expensive. It seems because everything's ripped and distressed. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so it's, it's crazy, like yeah. I'm like I just ripped my old jeans. I'm like there you go, I got the jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how big is is there anything for you in your opinion as a DJ or even personally that affects just affects your creativity? Is it do, are you somebody that says man I wanna I wanna wear certain gear or um, like what does it for you in your life that um, is a direct reflection that is not necessarily DJing, but helps to inspire that part of you? Is it are you a fashion guy? Or are you something? Are you a food guy? Is it you like a certain cognac? Is there something that I guess if, if, if DJing is your dinner, what what's the mm -hmm. appetizer to that? You know what I mean? Um, wow. I, I used to be really into movies. OK, movies. Yeah. I just I just don't have enough time for it <laughs> right now. Like I'm I'm one of those guys. Like if I have a movie I like, I could watch it two hundred times. Oh yeah! Wow. Well, you to start me, reciting and, the lines. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I I have movies that I know every line, and some people think it's weird. To me, <laughs> it's like if you like an album, you buy that album and you listen to it over and over again. So why couldn't a movie have that same type of entertainment value? That you can put it on every time and watch it again. Mm. That's that's how I consume that movie. The same way you can, I can listen to a certain album like hundreds, hundreds, or thousand times. Certain movies give me that same feeling. Like even if I hardly watch TV, but if I watch TV now and I go channels and Scarface will be on, I can't go to the next channel. <laughs> I have to start. I have to keep watching. I'm like damn. Damn, why did I run into this? No. But like, like, I mean, yeah, I, I love food as well. Yes. When it comes to what inspires me um, within my own realm here, it's actually sometimes it could be the simplest thing as seeing uh, a short video of someone making music, mm. making a beat. And I hear that beat. I see someone creating. I'm like, I have to do something right now. Mm. And that could be making a beat. That could be grabbing the decks. Or I'm like, okay, let me 
create something. Let mm. me do something. Actually, seeing creative stuff mm. sparks my creative, uh, 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 sparks my creativity as well. Yeah, of course. Do you see any of of the creativity in your kids at all? Oh yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, how, how old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking? My oldest is uh, is ten. He's going to be eleven next week. Yeah, and the, and the youngest is seven. Now, for instance, my my oldest when he was young. Jackson, he's like two years old, going crazy, doing entire routines from the videos of Michael Jackson. Like, like <laughs> that was his thing all the way. And he used to enjoy playing on my equipment as well. Mm. I, have a, I have a video up when he was just just turned two. He was playing on my NS7. I have mm. that up on my old channel. That video has, I think, like 850,000 views right now. <laughs> More views than any of my videos. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, currently, for instance, he's just turned a totally different path so for him it's all about uh gaming and soccer so i hear i hear fortnite every day fortnite 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 and uh and i'm and i'm the coach of the soccer team so i i, I get you. to connect with him with that. so um that's the oldest but like my youngest he's seven that's like a musical he, he he's got the rhythm bug within him like he's beatboxing every day whenever he's in his zone he could be gaming or whatever. He's beatboxing. Wow. But he also loves the music apps that I have on my phone and my old phone. And he's made some beats that have me like, wow. Play that again. <laughs> I, I, I have like two or three beats that he made when he was still six that he made on iMachine on my phone. And I've exported those and I got them in machine on my computer. Oh. And I'm going to I'm going to finish those. And I'm gonna use those for something that's gonna be Special. released. I don't know yeah. when, but that's gonna be like he's gonna have his first producer credits are set. I know exactly <laughs> that's gonna happen. So there's definitely some of that going through their veins as well. Their mother used to sing uh, okay. uh, when she was a little bit younger. So mu music does definitely it's in their DNA. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah. You, guys, you guys gotta be a cool family, man. That's great. I like to see that. I like to hear that. Uh, DJing, content creation, business. Do you speak at con? Do you speak at all? Do you do any speaking gigs or anything like that now? Or have you? That's, that, no, that's one of the things that I definitely, hopefully, will do yeah. in the future. Because I like doing it. I know I still want to um, develop as a speaker because I know speaking on camera or speaking in front of people is definitely not the same thing. I have, I've spoken a lot of events. Biggest is 10,000 and the smallest is maybe a, you know, 10. And I, I've shit my pants, man. I've, I've screwed up. Like I, I was sweating. I mean, I just it, was like, I, it, it's like everything went wrong. <laughs> and it's and, a different ball game. I mean, I, 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 I have. Yeah, I actually walked away this. feeling embarrassed. Like, I just didn't even want to. <laughs> don't worry. You don't have to pay me. I don't, like, I don't even want to. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I just don't. Like, I wish there was no social media, you know, because you're just like, it, it's tough. You're right. Because yeah, I, I think they're, they're, yeah. two different, they're two different things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, even for artists, because like. 
like it also said in, in like in the bio, when it comes to my shows with Brainpower touring for 20 years, we've done like over three and a half thousand shows. So that's uh, live shows that's before a television audience that's like mm. venues, but it's also like playing 40, 50, 60,000 people, yeah. big crowds. Uh, I'm in front of the stage with him. I do the backings. Then I'll go back to the turntables. I do scratches. So I'm oh. used to that. That's, but that's big. But holding a microphone and <laughs> saying something in front of even a hundred people, it's a different type of vibe. I so. think. I think. I think. It, I think. <laughs> you know. I, I don't know. I can't say I've ever done a performance like that or anything. But I think sometimes with that, at least you have the music that's going to kind of provide some ambiance. You, you know, you got him going. But yeah, when you're up there and it's just like we're 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 listening to you and there's no bass, there's no there's no music. It's just you. You're just like. Yeah. All right, this is this is cool. No, no, I asked. Is there any DJ conferences that you in the world that uh, are stand out to you at all? That you're like, this is the grand of DJ conferences. Like, I don't, I don't, even... I don't, yeah, I'm 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 not sure. Like um, a couple of when was it? Like last month we had ADE over here. That's Amsterdam Dance Event. Yeah. That's it's not just a, a DJ conference, but it is turning into one of the bigger events on a mm. global scale you got people coming in from all over the world coming to Amsterdam it's in my backyard so um I like to go there especially this year I enjoy it because for me I, I don't go to any parties like mm. a lot of people come here they want to go to all the parties all the DJs are in town they all have parties everywhere from yeah. clubs to like they'll just do a pop-up store event whatever uh for me it was all about connecting with all the brands because they were all here uh. make sure I I had a couple of, I have some, I got some gear here that I'm going to shoot reviews with through just connecting with people there. So Smart. that that was my main goal. Um, but I've also done a couple of speaking things at that uh, yeah. for Pioneer DJ where I was talking about the new gear. Yeah. And I will show the gear, but I started out talking a little bit about myself. So that gave me a little bit of experience with that. Um, at first, I thought there were certain shows that would be interesting to check out. Not especially like DJ conferences, but you have something like, of course, you have NAM. Mm. But every time I talk to people that actually go to NAM, they tell me that's not exciting at all. That's more for like the distributors and the brands. It's not a DJ thing. I think one of the coolest things I would like to check out one day would be Jazzy Jeff's playlist retreat. Oh, interesting. What's the, is that a big event? No, the thing is. I think he organizes it himself. He's done it a couple of years now, mm. and he just invites a couple of just really talented DJs, producers, and artists. I okay. think they're all together, like in some mansion for a week. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, they, and they actually go there and also create music okay. and do stuff like that. Plus, you get to connect and being able to connect with, with a lot of not just DJs, but other artists. I think that's always going to be a cool thing. I think, um, I think there's a yeah. huge gap. It's it's really, you know, DJing getting back. Like I said, I'm a business guy through and through, and I'm a peer marketer. But the one thing I yeah. found, I Googled this already. That's why I was asking you. I, I don't yeah. see anything centralized for DJing. I really don't. No. It seems yeah, like you got, a, you got a couple little underground things in yeah. different markets. Nothing yeah. really organized to the T. Like, I just imagine, like, can you imagine you do a conference? You, you know, you got 150 people that attend. You know, you got live demos of DJs. You got breakout rooms that your turntablism, scratching, beat matching. Imagine taking what you do online and then actually getting everybody offline. There's money in that, man. Yeah. There's money in that. I mean, you have like 
But that's I in the U.S. Yeah, I work with DJ City, and they do the DJ City link-ups. Yeah, yeah. That's basically the closest thing yeah. to actually... They'll, they'll do them in different cities. Uh, I organize them here in Amsterdam as well. Like meetups almost? Little meetups? It's like a meetup, like, but yeah. they will have, like, also... Some of the dope DJs will be doing showcases and extra stuff. Uh, you'll include like one or two brands. They'll have equipment set up as well. Okay, yeah, and yeah. it's mostly about DJs really connecting. I organize them here. And what I tell DJs that I approach for that is when I started out, DJs used to go to the record store. Yeah. On a weekly basis for me, it was like three times a week. That's where you would meet up with all the DJs. Mm. That's where you would talk about, yo, where were you playing last weekend? Yo, I played that club. The party was crazy. Uh, yo, did you hear this new record yet? And you would like have those conversations and you'd be at the record store for hours. Nowadays, we don't have that anymore. No. And anytime you see a DJ, it's at a gig. As most most likely, it's going to be like, uh, yo, what's going on, man? What's good? Yeah, yeah you yeah. good? Yo, how was your gig? All right, cool. Yo, I'm on later. And you talk for like two minutes and that's it. So mm. the link the link up was like a way where you could like mm. also connect with people, but actually sit down and talk about just geek out about DJ mm. stuff, like conversations that mm -hmm. would not be interesting to have with a non-DJ person. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But 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 it's a fact and there are conferences over here not DJ based, but hopefully in the near future, I will try to have something of myself at those events because you have a couple of like big music conferences over yeah, here yeah, yeah. Um, but they don't have that element there yet um, so I've been like having conversations with a couple of people to do something like that DJ I just think there's I, I just think there there should be one just for DJs I, yeah. I, I do I mean because I think it's I think you're going so niche that there's actually a market just it for is, DJs is, yeah. and I just yeah. think especially kids coming in or they want to learn or i mean you see i mean i see a lot of comments on your page they're talking to you like they idolize you and you could tell like it's it's a kid that's in his bedroom you know asking hey man you know yeah. hey, hey uncle <laughs> uncle uncle tlm like you know and, and they even asked i don't got any money right now i can't i can't afford a, a controller but how can i you know i'm saving up but can i do it from my laptop like i've seen a lot of those style comments 100%, 100%. Those people would love to to have something like that. So something to think yeah. about, man. Let me know. I mean, I I I I'm very mystified. And I'm in Canada now. There's nothing. There's nothing. Even in the that states, looks, there's I, I don't that's see crazy. I don't see any event that's just yeah. for DJs. I see a yeah. lot of multimedia conferences. I see music conferences. I see you know, like you said, a lot of vendors, B two B distributors, things like that. But I've never seen anybody that's like. Yeah. Our keynote is DJ Jazzy Jeff. We have breakout sessions. You know, tickets yeah. are 150 bucks to attend. Nothing. Yeah. Just nothing. No, the, 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 the events that you have are more likely going to be like actually DJ battle. Then you're going to have like Red Bull 3 style. All DJs will attend, but it is a different different scenario. We ha we've had it here as well. Yeah, yeah. And during that, during that event, it's not like you really get to no. uh, uh, connect. You're just there to watch performances. And that's it. So it's true. The only thing is, like for me personally, like in the past, I have organized like parties. I know the headaches that come <laughs> with like organizing events. It's so, an event. It's an so, event, man. It's an event. It's an event. You're yeah. an event, man. You know, the, I've, been, I, I've been talking to people. I wouldn't say it's easy, but no, I think there's a market there for it. I really do. I, I just think it's so niche. I think you could have a you could have a big turnout, big turnout, but. We'll see. 
Let me know. Yeah. If you think about something, let me know. It's definitely the States would be prime. But um, you've heard of, you know where Toronto is. Toronto's in Canada. Toronto is another place that they, they definitely have something, something going on there. Uh, DJ TLM, man, we've been talking for an hour, 37 minutes, 38 minutes. Um, <laughs> a great conversation. Is there anything before we get into how people can reach out to you and stuff that you just want to input or any words of advice or anything DJing? I wanted to come at you today from not so much the technical aspect, but more so the mud, how it all works, your content creation. Because I feel like people can mm-hmm. go on your YouTube channel to get all the technical stuff. So, um, is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, for me, the thing that I've just been discovering more and more, especially over the last couple of years, uh, is you really need to find something that you're passionate about. And I know it's going to sound cliche, like like find your passion, but the reason I've been able to DJ for over 25 years and now I've been doing this YouTube channel for for seven years but still doing all these DJ related things and the reason why I'm still passionate about it is because I found the thing that I really love Mm. but keep in mind that once you find that thing that you really love that's going to give you a certain amount of happiness but you're going to have to work like extremely hard and don't expect things to happen fast so if you're starting out now as a DJ and you have dreams of becoming a DJ, even if you see someone and it looks like they did it overnight, don't expect that to happen Mm. to you. So put in the work, start practicing, and most importantly, don't wait for anyone to call you. That's not gonna happen. You're gonna have to go out and get that done yourself. Mm. So you gotta have patience, work for a long time, but you have to actively go out and look for it. That could be if you're a DJ, that could be if you're an entrepreneur, you want to start doing your own thing. Uh, you, you just have to have to go for it. And for me, over the years, it's become more and more important to really find that thing that makes you happy. Mm. It's changed my perspective on life because I'm feeling the happiness that the gratification I get from it. And it changes your outlook on life and your goals. When you're younger, you have certain dreams or things that you think are going to make you happy until you realize that you're actually doing the thing that makes you happy mm-hmm. that changes your perspective about a lot of things and last but not least very important um do not care about what people think about you oh yeah, yeah. that that is one of the that's one of the most liberating things uh i could care less like i'm not djing as much as i used to People in my situation could be like, hey, maybe people think that I failed as a DJ and now I'm making videos to cover up. No, I, I mean, they could think that. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about yeah, that. Yeah. But I could care less. I could absolutely care less. It is so liberating if you absolutely have no interest in caring about what people might think of you. Uh, that that changes a lot. I know a lot of people are stuck and they do things just because they want to please people that they're not even associated with just because they know that they'll be looked at and they feel they're going to be judged. I could care less about that. And like I, that just saying that puts a smile on my face because mm. it is so liberating. So just go for, go for yours. Mm. Do you and don't care about what people say. If you're a DJ and you want to start with a controller and you have DJs telling you like that's not the real thing. Do not pay those people any attention mm. at all just do you do. Mm. you know what i love that man That's I, it. I think i think it's it's really interesting because the, the common denominator between all the guests i've got to interview is everybody says that and it's always people that have been innovative in their space 
Um, even DJ Jazzy Jeff, I was watching him when he was talking about that SB. J D what is it SB what's that SB which what's that called uh, DDJSB three I think it's the yeah DDJSB three yeah yeah so and he said you know everybody knocked him because they you know they made the scratch feature or whatever he's like I just want to I want to I want to expand the culture a bit I think people that say those things oh you didn't do it on Vine I'm like it's a very limiting mindset anyway um, I always think the best quote and I love it based on what you just said I think it's a be- perfect ending but it's always better to be loved or hated than tolerated. Ain't nobody in this world has done anything crazy and good without having a few little haters and, you know, people loving. And I always said, even for me, I get up and when I speak, I said, I want 50% of this audience to absolutely hate me, another 50% to love me. But if you don't remember me, I, oh, average, right? You just... I, I, don't know, I don't know who that I don't know who that dude was. Um, everybody, uh, so uh, DJ TLM, how can everybody reach out to you? How can they get to your YouTube channel, your website? Check out your mixes. Again, I cannot stress everybody who's listening to this podcast because I'm definitely gonna tailor it into the DJ audience. If you are looking for somebody that is like step one, step two, step three, he's got something for everybody. And as you Google one video and then you go to the next. He'll be the guy there too. So, how can they find you? <laughs> Basically, it's very simple. It's DJ TLM everywhere. So, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Snapchat, you name it. Periscope. I'm DJ TLM on all of those sites. My website is djtlm.com, and the YouTube channel is DJ TLM TV. Oh. So, the bulk of my material will be on DJ TLM TV. Uh, and if you want to follow me anywhere else, I think Instagram is the best place to to check me out. Yes, and rule of thumb, if you want to ever That's get it. connected with somebody, send them a video direct message on Instagram. Uh, everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Again, this episode's been brought to you by Reinholds Marketing, a digital and social media creative agency. If you want to get seen online, that's what we do for you. Please, a reminder, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, write the review. We really appreciate you. I'm going to steal DJ TLM, and I'm going to end it off with share the knowledge. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. I'll let, you know when it, I'll let you know when it's done. I hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time. Oh, definitely, man. No doubt. Cool, yo. Don't be a stranger, and I'll, and I'll chat soon. All right. We'll be in touch, man. Take, Take care, care, man. Ciao.